Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. We invite our ushers to come forward to give an offering together. Um, if, you're, if you're new around here, this is where you reach in them jeans and pull out them greens. No, this is really for uh, anybody that calls this place home. And uh, if you want to invest in the work that God is doing, God has done work here and he's doing work here and he's going to do more work here. And uh, it's just, it, it's, a, it's an honor, it's a blessing to be able to partner with him and, and what he wants to do. Um, some of you came into this place and you were hopelessly addicted to drugs and now you are druglessly addicted to hope. And I just love transformation. I love that um, some of you had broken families and you stitched them back together in this place. I love that some of you came in believing that you were not worth it, that you weren't loved, that you weren't valued. And you found out that, that the Lord knew the number of hairs on your head and that no matter how far you ran away, that he was waiting with his arms wide open for you to come back. And so uh, we just pray, we thank you, Lord, that, that you've done work, that you are doing work, and that you're going to do work. We just give you this offering and pray that you would multiply it and you would let people know that you love them uh, through this offering. Let it be pleasing to your nostrils. We pray that in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, 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 happy Mother's Day this day. Moms, moms, moms. If you're not a mom in this room and you're like, oh, what? This message is for every one of us. Because um, moms mean a lot of different things. Moms mean a lot of different things, don't they? That for some of you in this room, mom means uh, advisor that you can always go to her if you don't know what to do. For some of you, mom means uh, biggest fan, that no matter how much of a, a dud you have ever felt like, she has let you know that you are a stud. For some of you, mom means, uh, the, you know, she worked two jobs, and she's the one who held everything together, and she's the one who gave you an opportunity to be more than what your family used to be. For some of you, mom means, ah, just mom means unconditional love. As Jenny prayed, for some of us, mom, mom means mixed feelings. Mom means, um, you know, some hardship sometimes. Mom means we're, maybe that we're, we're we're feeling like we should be better kids. For some of us, mom means that, for some of you, mom means that you wish you would have been a better mom, that you would be a better mom, that just all these different, all these different things that come up. Today is one of those days that is difficult for me because um, I've, I've kind of been through the, the range of, experiences and so I would just I would just share with you that um, I've been to places in my life where 
Mother's Day has been the most painful day of the year because I grew up with, with my mom as an addict for most of my life. Uh, mom meant chaos. Mom meant strife. Mom meant stealing my car and the money out of my wallet. Mom meant all sorts of different things. Mom went to prison. Went through a period of time where didn't talk to mom for years. Went through a period where I wasn't sure if my kids were ever going to meet mom. And we've worked at it and just thinking, went through a time where I didn't care if mom died. And that's hard to admit. And to come to a different place of seeing that God is able to do anything and that now, man, I'm proud of mom. Mom is clean. Mom is, uh, mom is around for birthdays and for Christmas and for big things that are going on. And my, my kids look forward to mom. My mom's one of the loudest people I've ever met. Mom is a storyteller. She gave me that ability. Mom is my number one fan. <laughs> she doesn't care what I've been up to. She's just like, you are the greatest. And I'm like, I'm really not, though. And she's like, you are the best. And I just love being able to say that our God is big enough to be able to, to bring me from a place where I didn't care if mom died to... Man, what, what heartache that would be. And that I want more with my mom, that I want more time, I want more conversation. Mom can mean a lot of different things. When I was in fifth grade, my mom decided to uh, go to cosmetology school and, and learn all, how to cut hair. And uh, <laughs> she was about three or four days into her schooling when she said that she could cut my hair. Um, and I was pretty excited about it. I mean, my hair was, for a long time, I had a mullet. And it was, I mean, it was a gorgeous mullet. It was fluffy. I used mousse. How many of you used to use mousse? And you're like, what is that now? Mom did not know how to cut hair. After three or four days, she was going to give me kind of a, a shorter buzz cut. She shaved my head with the one you're supposed to trim their neck hair with, with no guard on it. Skin, just straight, one stripe through skin. We couldn't do anything. It was like in the worst spot ever, a reverse mohawk. And that was the day that we learned that I had a giant dent in my head, like a, a dent. I mean, I'm like, will you guys drop me? Then she admits that one time that we had this waterbed and you were really little and dad jumped on the bed and you flew. And that it could have been that. But that uh, this dent was horrifying to me. And I had to go to school, it was the last week of fifth grade and I had to go back to school and I actually got 
<laughs> I actually got a note from mom sent to school saying that I had something traumatic happen and that I needed to be able to wear a hat for these last four or five days of school. And I did. I wore my hat for my baseball team. And everybody's like, well, how is this kid able to wear a hat? And I'm like, I, I had an injury. <laughs> I told my mom about that a couple years ago. She said, oh, yeah, I kind of forgot about that. I'm like, you kind of forgot about that. <laughs> it never leaves my mind. Any haircut I get, I'm like, hey, don't go too short. I got a, I got a dent in my head. For some of you, mom means uh, somebody that has eyes in the back of their head, right? That she just always knew you couldn't get away with anything. Don't know how she did it. A lot of our moms have attributes that are given by God. Second Chronicles 16, it says, The eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth. The eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth. You know, the... The speed of light is, is slow compared to the eyes of God. Um, I believe the, the sun is 88 million miles away from us. Don't quote me. That could be made up. But I think, say 73% of facts are made up on the spot, which that was just made up. But I think it's around 88 million miles away. And the speed of light it would take, if we shined a flashlight and tried to send it to the sun, it would take eight and a half minutes to get there. God's eyes are way faster than that. And it says that his eyes move to and fro throughout the earth. That he, basically, that it's not like he's looking around and maybe you felt like, um, I don't know if God's seen me before. Yeah, he has seen you. His eyeballs have bounced off of you a bunch of times. They're kind of never not on you. That he sees you, and he doesn't just see you like we think he sees me when I'm doing wrong. Yes, he has seen you on the toilet, and that is good info to have. That if you're ever thinking like, oh, I need to dress up for church, I need to, I need to put on a show, I need to get my act together. He has seen you on the toilet. He knows you in your vulnerable spots. He knows you in your embarrassed spots. He knows you in your best moments. That he sees you. He, he, his eyes, they, they move to and fro throughout the earth. He's searching and he's looking and he's observing and he's seeing you. It's not so he can slap you upside the head if he sees you being bad. That is not it. It's one of those things that is, you know, when I was in a, a, a place of missing mom and needing mom, it was interesting to find out that God, even though he's known as the father, that he can bring feminine attributes, that he can bring motherly maternal attributes to people. That is a strange thing, but we've been made in the image and likeness of God, and that's men and women, that Moms, you've been made in the image and likeness of God. I love that you have this thing that's a protector in you, that is the protector that is a part of God's personality, that 
some of the nicest, sweetest, gentlest moms that I know, if somebody messes with their kids, they're ready to fight them in an alley, like prison rules. Like they're like, oh, I will just, mama bear. Like sharpening your teeth. Uh-uh. I mean, my, my wife has been ready to punch other little kids in the face. I'm like, you can't, like. My daughter Claire was in a soccer game recently, and a girl from the other team <laughs> shoved her, just really intentionally shoved her from behind to where she almost fell down. She was fine, though. She held her own. But my wife jumped up out of her little outdoor folding chair thing, and she said, hey, don't you push my daughter. Like, well, you just sit down. <laughs> they, have a, they have a referee. But God looks throughout the earth for opportunities to be a protector, for opportunities where he can support you strongly. Anybody whose heart belongs to him, and that is, he says, all of your hearts belong to me, just some of you don't know it yet. Some of you don't realize that you're my baby. That's what he says, that you're my baby. What I want you to know today is that he sees you, that he sees you, just that he sees you. If you've ever felt like you weren't seen, if you felt like you were kind of being ignored or that nobody was noticing you, he is the God who notices. He notices your heart. Psalm 139, it says, before I formed you, I saw you. I saw you. My eyes saw your unformed body, that you weren't an accident, you were a plan. Before his eyes ever rested upon you in this earthly place, that they rested upon you in that spiritual place. Some of us are forever craving to be seen. Just craving to be seen. How many of you, mom, mom, look at me. Mom, mom, look at me. Mom, watch this. Mom, look, I'm right. Look, I'm doing it. I'm riding the bike. Mom, look. How many of you, I always love like the merry-go-round or the Ferris wheel or the, the scrambler or whatever. And every single time they go, but hi, <laughs> hello. <laughs> it's again, <whistles> hello. <whistles> hey. Do you see me? Hi. Because we crave, to, we just crave to be seen. Mom, look what I made for you. Look at this. Look at this. Mom, look what I made for you. Mom, look. Mom, mom, mom. And they just, they want to be seen because that, that means everything that, Moms in this room, if you ever feel like you're just a, a hands that, that folds laundry, <laughs> if you feel like you're ever just the alarm clock that drags them out of bed, that finds the backpacks, that signs the papers, that shows up at class to, to make the goofy little craft projects, that, that is part of the PTA, if you ever feel like you're just part, you ever feel like you're just a car just driving them around? from place to place, you're like, I don't get paid for this. I have to pay to do this. And he sees you. 
Genesis chapter 16, it says, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar, not Sammy. So she said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. Why don't you go and sleep with my slave? And perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarai said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan for 10 years, Sarai, took his, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave, Hagar, and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar, and she conceived. Again, this is just a reminder that, like, all of Jerry Springer, all of Maury Povich, all of these, all of you are not the father. All of are biblically based. <laughs> like, the stories are crazy. And so if you're ever like, I don't want to read the Bible, it's boring. <laughs> you ain't read the Bible, you need to read the Bible. Because it is loaded with insane stories. It's loaded with drama, with tragedy, with gossip, with criminal activity, with people going to the ends of the earth to try to reject God. Anyways, it says, when she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abram, you are responsible for the wrong I'm suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and now that she knows she's pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Your slave is in your hands, Abram said. Do with her whatever you think best. And then Sarai mistreated her. She mistreated Hagar. And so Hagar fled. She fled from her. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road to Shur. And he said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? Where have you come from and where are you going? This angel of the Lord finds her running away. Then the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord also said to her, you are now pregnant and you will give birth to a son. You shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard your misery. He will be a wild donkey of a man. Any of you have wild donkeys of kids? <laughs> it's, it's interesting. I'll let some of you know after the service that your kids are wild donkeys. <laughs> some of you are like, no, I don't think so. Because you're your mom, and you're like, he's just so perfect. <laughs> Kid might be a wild donkey. It says his hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand will be against him. And he will live in hostility towards all of his brothers. Verse 13, she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. 
I have now seen the one who sees me. That is why the well was called Bir Laha Roai. It is still there between Kadesh and Bered. So Hadar Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram gave the name Ishmael to the son that she had born. Abram was 68 years old when Hagar had borne him a son. So Hagar, in this story, she is the Egyptian maid, the slave, the one who is, is really just there trapped with them. She is a, a, a staff worker against her will. She doesn't have dignity. Her identity is invisible. That This is my wife. Oh, who's the other woman? Oh, she, she just is our slave. She doesn't have an identity, but all of a sudden, she is the one who gives a new name to God in the Bible. She gives a new name. Usually, God names himself in these stories. God would give himself a name. He introduced himself to the children of Israel as Elohim, the creator. He introduces himself as Yahweh, the covenant maker. He introduces himself as El Shaddai, the Almighty. She calls him El Roi, the God who sees, the God who sees. Genesis 16, she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her, you are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. He sees, he sees you. He sees you, whatever you have going on. Whatever it is, whatever is hard, if it's the hardest thing, if it's the most beautiful thing, if it's the thing that you wish you could brag about, but you don't want to be a bragger, he sees it. He knows the things you do in secret. He sees you. Not the external you, the you you, the, the soul you. He sees your soul. Some of you, maybe the external you has not lined up with the internal you yet. Like the, the soul that has been created in you. But he sees it. He sees what you could be. He sees the goodness of who you are. When he sees you, he sees the face of Jesus. First Samuel 16, it says, man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Any of you been looked at funny by people? Any of you been looked at in a way that, you know, nothing hurts more than being judged or being misunderstood or being taken the wrong way, being um, considered invisible by somebody? being considered less than than somebody. God sees those secret parts of you that the other are missing. To be seen is to be known. And to be known is to be loved. To be loved is to be significant to him. To be significant to him is to be safe and secure. That if some of you feel like you didn't have a, a safety net or that you don't, you're not sure if somebody has you, that he has you because he sees you. And he loves you. And he says you have value. And just because for, for some of you, maybe you can't see him, that doesn't mean that he's not there. Just because you think he's not there doesn't mean he doesn't see you. 
Just because you don't see him doing something immediately doesn't mean that he's not doing something, that he's not up to something that takes more time. There's a famous story in the book of Daniel where an angel is dispatched. Daniel cries out to God. He begins fasting for three weeks. He gives up all different types of food. He allows certain foods back into his diet after he is completely fainting, after he's out of energy entirely. But he doesn't want to die, but he doesn't want to let go of this thing, saying, God, I need you to show up and do something because my people are hurting, my country is hurting, my family's hurting, just every, we're, we're in suffering. God, you need to please do something. And he begins fasting for three weeks. At the end of three weeks, he's kind of giving up and saying, I, I. but then an angel of the Lord shows up at the end of the three weeks, and the angel tells Daniel, I'm sorry that it took me so long. I was held up battling the archangel Michael on my way here. And so I got kind of stuck in traffic. And it's all of a sudden this picture behind the scenes of things that are going on that you start asking for something, hoping for something, praying for something, wanting God to move in some way. And you're saying, why aren't you moving right now? And he's saying, I am. He got held up in traffic. You don't know the things that are going on. To be seen by God doesn't mean you don't fall either. The Bible does not say no sparrow falls. It says he sees the sparrow that falls. John chapter 20 says, Blessed are those who have not seen, yet they believe. For those of you who, who say, okay, so, well, it's great to be, to be seen, I guess, but I haven't seen God, and so I don't, I don't know. Blessed are those who have not seen, yet believe. There's that song that says, it's just too good to be true, can't take my eyes off of you. That's what he thinks about you. When he looks at you, he thinks, I can't take my eyes off of him, I can't take my eyes off of her. Because he made you, he loves you, he's proud of you, he's, he's pleased with his work. Says that he's a craftsman, that he's an artist, that he's a potter, that he's the maker, and that he made you, and he's proud of you, and he's like, you got to look at what I made. For the moms in this room, what I want you to hear today is there is no such thing as a perfect mom. There's no such thing as a perfect mom. And for some of you in this room, um, you were called to be a surrogate mom for others, for somebody else who, who needed that mom who wasn't concerned about her being perfect. And for the rest of us in this room, if there's anybody that we should be willing to overlook the faults in, it's mama. Because she's overlooked so many of our faults. Because she's proud of us when, we, when we're not proud of ourselves. Because she has uh, continued to root for us. Every one of us in this room, we're wayward children in some way or another, aren't we? 
we honor mom today for all the giving that she does and the way that she reminds us of God. The way that she reminds us of God. That's why we love you. You're sacrificial the way that our Heavenly Father is. You're giving the way that our Heavenly Father is, how He gave up His only Son for a world of wayward kids. Mother Teresa said, if you want to save the world, go home to your family. For any of you in this room where this is a hard day for you, because some of you have lost kids, and it's a horrible day. Some of you have lost moms, and it's a horrible day that you would be able to get to that place of celebrating who you are, um, who you got to spend time with, um, not living in regret. Would mom want you doing that? Living in regret about things? Or would she want you to stand up and step into the, the identity that she helped to create? We celebrate our moms today because they would celebrate us to the end of the earth the way our heavenly father does he sees you the things that are in secret he sees you the things that you're going through whatever it is let's just pray for you God we love you we, we love that you are masculine and feminine we love that you show some of us how to be good kids and some of us how to be good moms. We just invite you to speak to our hearts with whatever place we're in. If we are wayward children, if we need to call, we need to start calling. If we haven't talked to her in a long time, that we would call today. That we get together for lunch, that we would buy the hanging basket, that we would write the card, that we would write the note about what she, that we would say sorry that we would bury a hatchet, that we would forgive, that we would let go of the things that went wrong, that we would see her for who she is the way that you see her. Man, you are proud of her. We just pray for the moms in this room that you bless them. You would give them favor. That, that they would just understand the power that they wield. And that they have the ability to shape us and to point us towards the Heavenly Father. For the moms who had to play both roles of mom and dad, that you give them twice the strength, you would give them twice the energy, you would give them twice the income.
that you bless them financially, that you, that you give them the opportunity to be proud. We just pray that you would come, Holy Spirit. That you would speak to their hearts, you would speak to their minds, to their souls. Let them know that you see them. We pray that in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.